This is the home of the Vegas Golden Knights all season long. Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. KKGK AM Las Vegas. Ben Goats, Las Vegas Review Journal. Uh, Bruce, just why did that game get away from you guys in the third period? Uh, we allowed their best player to get a shot that we were um, specifically was game plan not to, so we had a breakdown in coverage. So um, that's not the end of the world. We got a lot of hockey left. We had put ourselves in a good position after the second period to get back in the game, and then we mismanage a puck, and then it snowballs. So it was an issue all game. Um, we got away with it in the first period, got better at the second. Uh, weren't very good managing the puck in the third, and good team's going to shove it right up your ass when that happens, and that's what happened. Go to Ken Danone. Ken Bolke, Cinnamon, not Vegas. I understand today's tough situation coming back from the road trip, but the home performances haven't been quite to the same level as the road performances. Do you have any reason why? Uh, well, games like tonight on the road, we would have found a way to stay in it. Um, I'll say this on the road, we got the lead almost all the time, and that's a difference right there. You're playing a different game. The other team starts pressing. Uh, they're at home, and all of a sudden you extend the lead. Um, so we, we're... Our game management is, is better on the road. Um, our start wasn't great tonight. Uh, we can put it off to Trout, whatever, right? So at the end of the day, we got through it. It's one nothing. We, we found our legs and some spirit in the second period, some emotion. We got into the game, a little bit of passion. And then, like I said, in the third, we wanted to get back to, you know, they score a goal. And we wanted to get, you know, tie it up all in one shift and one play instead of just getting your game back. Um, bit of maturity here and that's on uh, me to get the message across and we'll certainly keep preaching it but we uh, were not a very mature team tonight um, when it came to how to get your game back in the third period and and sure enough uh, as I said Ben said it's gone gets away from it oh oh and Krebs Vegas hockey now Bruce what is your confidence level in your bottom six forwards right now uh you know, listen we've got guys out of the lineup so the way I look at it, it's not just go to the bottom sixes. There's opportunity. Robin Leonard gets hurt. There's opportunity for some goaltenders to get in there and play. Uh, Petrangelo's out, so there's opportunity for other D to go in and play. Maybe uh, a lot was written about our third pair. Well, you know, they opportunity to move up. So, you know, someone has to step up in these situations, not be the person they're replacing, but the best version of themselves, right? So. And now Jack's out and Howie's out, so some guys move up. Um, other guys get an opportunity, and they're just going to have to take advantage of it and help us win, uh, play to their strengths. So, you know, to judge Ronberg on one game, I don't think is fair. Um, Carrier and Colasar, I have no issue at all. Nick Wire, that they play their game. Uh, some of the other guys around them have to be a little more consistent and. And just help us win and get out of, you know, just function, as I said. And it's up to me to build that into the group. So uh, we're going to continue working on it. Some days we, we, we do it okay, then, and other nights not as much. So uh, on us to do it. And it's, uh, you know, you've got six guys that have been in the top six for the most part when Jack's in. They've been in the league a long time. And, and they're, they are excellent hockey player, players. And, you know, they have to recognize that as well. They play the right way, lead, pull them along. Uh, so it's, it usually starts above that, right? I mean, they've got to sort of show the way. And they can't play for the bottom of the lineup, guys. 
but they've got to show the way too. So I'm not going to put it all on. I'm getting away from your question a little bit about confidence, but to me it's a group-wide thing, and, and it'll fall into place. Those guys will fall into place, understand what their role is, and, and, um, and get it done. To the maturity part, it seemed like it kind of snowballed and it kind of became almost personal down the stretch with the penalties and whatnot. Did you have an issue with how the end of that game went? Um, what, Stevenson's penalty? I can't even see what happened down there. I mean, there was a call at the end of the second period and the start of the third I thought were very, very marginal, just like they were in Boston. We got through the ones in Boston. We didn't get through it tonight. So guys are... You have to find a way to keep your emotions in check. But sometimes I get it when it seems like it's over and over. Um, but we need them on the ice. So do I have a problem with it? No, I have a problem with the other parts of the game more than that, I guess. By then, I, I felt like it's a bit of human nature. Um, let's correct things before that so we're not in that position to be upset and sort of frustrated with the refs. Be in the game so you're focused on energy is on winning the hockey game or tying it up, uh, not chasing a three-goal deficit. Alan. Uh, Alan Snell with LVSportsBiz.com. Uh, any update on uh, Jack Eichel? Uh, nope. This morning uh, I was asked that question. He came in, uh, got treatment, and didn't skate. So I have nothing new to report. Um, tomorrow morning maybe if he gets, like I said, once he's on the ice, I can give you a lot better answer of where he's at, but right now he's not. Anything else? Thanks, Coach. Thanks, everybody. It's time for the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. Now here's Ryan Wallace on the Golden Knights Radio Network. Into tonight's postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. The Vegas Golden Knights fall to the New York Rangers 5-1. The final score, and to help us break this one down, we bring in the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva, and we just heard from head coach Bruce Cassidy. He spoke a little bit about maturity, the the game getting away from the Golden Knights there in the third period. And you know, when you when you look at it, it it really felt like Vegas put themselves in a position to do something in that third period, but a couple of calls go there, go against them, and it was all New York from there. It just kind of snowballed on the Golden Knights. Yeah, that, that's that's right, and you know, we we did outline it a little bit. And of course, Bruce is not going to be as specific as I'm sure uh, he would like to be in a more uh, private conversation. Uh, there's no need for him to be as specific as we uh, tend to be here in describing the action on the broadcast. But clearly, the you know the referee, you know, uh, we heard what he had to say to Shea Theodore. Yeah, it wasn't intended, and it was not nice. It was not clean, uh, but. Uh, then, then all, Shea must have said something, and so that goes to the maturity side of it. You go to the third period. The official makes a call on Shea Theodore, which, again, objectively speaking, we could not see a penalty, but mm -hmm. the referee the, who had barked at Theodore earlier called that penalty. And, uh, you know, again, it's not to pin this on the officials. I want to make that very clear. But it's more to illustrate how the Knights were frustrated by how the officials handled things, and Shea was not having his best game, and so the frustration sort of snowballs. We mentioned Chandler Stevenson gets a misconduct because we don't know what he might have said, but I'm sure, again, the frustration tends to boil over. You don't get a 10-minute misconduct 
uh, when you're winning 5-1. to one. It, it happens when you're losing 5-1. to one. So that word maturity comes from the head coach. And, uh, again, he's not going to be specific in describing for us uh, each of the moments that would lead him to use that word maturity to draw it into question. But those are just a couple of the things that we could observe just from being in the arena, Uh, not being on the bench, not hearing all the conversations among the players in the room with the coaches or the officials, that simply from being in the arena we could draw those conclusions. Now, we we often look at the Golden Knights record on the road, and we look at the record now at home, 12-2-1 on the road. 7-6 7-6 and six here on home ice. And, you know, Bruce Cassidy just kind of spoke to it about game management. And for the Golden Knights, uh, you know, handling those those momentum swings on the road, they were able to do it in Boston, unable to do it here. Uh, is there anything else you can look to to pinpoint why the Golden Knights have struggled of late here on home ice? Yeah, it, it is sort of confounding, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. The question's been asked. We keep talking about it. There's enough of a sample size here to recognize there, there's something to it. Uh, you know, that they started 5-1 and one at home, and now since then, uh, just two wins in, what did I, and I know I just said this a few moments ago, and I forget already, so what is it now? They started 5-1, and one and now they're, what, 2-5 and five? Yep. Uh, since then at home? And you can't chalk it all up to traveling. You know, Gary and I spent probably too much time talking about the travel and the planes and the sleep and whatnot. You know, that's well, the head coach might be new. The organization has been dealing with this for for five years. And, you know, it didn't stop them from having one of the best home records in hockey, you know, uh, throughout their uh, franchise's young history. Might there be something to tweak? Yeah, maybe. But there's got to be more to just, you know, the travel and the schedule and, and so on. You figure that it will begin to even out over time, but it is now a third of the way through the season. Um, you know, we, it, it is just such a normal expectation in sports generally, but with this team to do well at home and take advantage of home ice, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I, I don't know, but, um, you know, the, if I were one of the players, I would kind of be sort of embarrassed, to be honest with you. If, you know, you have a lot of people who pay a lot of money to come see the games, and for whatever reason, the Knights have not performed to their best in front of those fans. So uh, maybe they need to take more personally. I mean, again, I'm not a pro hockey player. I'm, I, I am not in their position. But uh, if I were one of them, I would be embarrassed to not be playing at a higher level in front of my home fans, the people who essentially are paying my salary. Yeah, that's a, it's a really interesting take and, and one that I agree with, Dan, when you, you kind of look at the, the Golden Knights, the makeup of this team, the pride that they have uh, playing in this city that, that you would expect uh, just, you know, something different from the Golden Knights. And I guess that's kind of the big question going into Friday night's game against the Philadelphia Flyers. It's, you know, whether or not Jack Eichel's able to go, that time will tell there. But if Jack's not able to go, and we saw a lot of line juggling tonight from Bruce Cassidy, what do you think the Golden Knights might look like on Friday? Whew. Tricky. You know, I, I hadn't brought myself to that point quite yet, Ryan. And, and of the only healthy scratches of, uh, you know, today were Mike Amadio and Ben Hutton. I'm not sure that either one of them, um, you know, have done enough in their recent opportunities to warrant getting inserted. So is there a thought to reconfiguring the, the forwards that are involved? Um, you know, maybe we see 
Bois, Carrier, and Colasar together truly rather than sort of haphazardly? Um, you know, does, does Phil Kessel continue to play with Carlson and Smith? Um, you know, how, you know, Will Carrier is an interesting variable in all this because he has the eight goals, but, you know, he's a, a fourth liner for his career for a reason. Not to say that what he's doing is a total fluke, but, you know, you wonder how, you know, he had nine goals career high last year and he's already got eight this year. Um, does he excel in an elevated role on a, a longer basis with higher-end players like Amartya So, as we saw today? You know, and Paul Cotter. And uh, Paul had two goals last game. And, you know, we you know, Neil Miramanov said it, Paul Cotter has said it. You know, when you're playing with all-world-type players, um, it, it seems to be easier. You know, things kind of work out. But, you know, it, it works for a game or two. The difference between a guy in the American League who's breaking into the NHL versus a guy who's played hundreds of games in the NHL is the experience and the consistency. If you don't find the consistency, you go back to the minors and either you stay there or you decide to hang them up. <laughs> and the guys who have figured it out and do it consistently stay in the NHL, and those are things that have not yet happened for Cotter and Miramanoff, et cetera. Um, if they could do it every night, uh, they, you know, they would have been in the NHL much sooner in their young careers. But uh, that's not the case yet. Uh, everybody has a different path toward um, an NHL stable career, but for a lot of guys who try, it doesn't quite happen. I, it, again, it's a long, winding answer to your question, which is to say, I, I don't know, but um, you know, we have seen the Knights have rough losses, but come back with the same configuration the next time out. And, and maybe it will be the same lineup. Maybe it'll be totally different. Maybe there will just be a tweak here or there. All right, Dan, any final thoughts on this one before we turn our attention to Friday against the Philadelphia Flyers? I wonder what John Tortorella is thinking right now. <laughs> His team loses at home to Washington. Yeah. He'll probably, if not already, uh, having watched the Knights game today, you know, did he go home from his game and turn on this one, the next opponent? Uh, does he watch the tape tomorrow? Regardless, you know, is he thinking, boy, you know, the, the Knights just let one of my division rivals score a big win, and, oh, now we've got to play Vegas. And you would imagine, you would hope anyway, that the Knights will come out against Philadelphia Friday with some fire, with some passion, and try to help the Vegas fans forget what they saw here today. All right. Well, great stuff. As always, Dan, get some rest. Enjoy the rest of your night, and we will chat with you on Friday. Thanks, Ryan. Good night. That is the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva, helping us break down a 5-1 loss to the New York Rangers. We're back with more on the AAA Insurance Postgame Show presented by Dollar Loan Center. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Postgame Show presented by AAA Insurance. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. AAA Insurance Postgame Show. The Vegas Golden Knights fall to the New York Rangers 5-1. The final score, Vegas 19-8-1, 39 points on the year. Next in action on Friday at... Uh, at on Friday at 7 o'clock against the Philadelphia Flyers. The postgame injury report is brought to you by UMC, the exclusive hospital of the Vegas Golden Knights. Alex Petrangelo is away from the team indefinitely, tending to an illness in the family. So no Petrangelo for the time being. Jack Eichel uh, didn't skate this morning. Day-to-day uh, -day lower body injury. We'll see. Mark Stone took uh, quite a beating in this one, uh, cross-check to, to the midsection. He was hit with a clearing pass in the leg, 
Still played through everything, but some bumps and bruises for the captain of the Vegas Golden Knights. So uh, hopefully for Vegas, they will uh, maybe get a little bit healthier going into Friday. But uh, right now, that's kind of the injury uh, outlook right now for the Vegas Golden Knights and, and kind of what we expect over the next couple of games. Let's take a look at the highlights in this game. We go back to the first period. The Golden Knights had some good offensive zone time to start the game, but it was the Rangers who broke through first as Keandre Miller's point shot was deflected in the slot by Capocacco to make it one to nothing New York. In the right corner, banks it out to the right point. A wrist shot, tips into the goal. Lots of traffic in front. Keandre Miller somehow got it through the traffic. Perhaps off a teammate and in. The Rangers strike first. one nothing New York. 13 minutes to go in the first period. Capococco's fifth goal of the year from Keandre Miller and Jacob Truba just six minutes, 49 seconds into the game, made it one to nothing New York. Later on in the period, Logan Thompson had to be sharp to make our AAA insurance save of the game. Rangers hit up the attack. Truba looking backdoor, save! Thompson sliding to his right. What a stop on Chris Kreider. AAA is a proud sponsor of the Vegas Golden Knights, helping you out smart life on the road and at home with 24-7 roadside assistance, car repair discounts, DMV services, and savings on your home and auto insurance. AAA, outsmart life. So big-time save there from Logan Thompson. Keeps the game one to nothing for the Rangers going into the second period. The Golden Knights were listless in the first half of that period. Then Bruce Cassidy put the Lions in a blender. Riley Smith drew a tripping penalty. Then Ryan Lindgren gave Mark Stone a nasty cross check. It resulted in a five-on-three power play for the Golden Knights. And Jonathan Marchessault so wasted little time tying the game with his 11th goal of the year. Marchessault, the righty, scanning the slot, skates up top, passes Theodore. Shea straight on to the right, Smith, he skates back up top. Smith, the lefty, to the right. Theodore, one-timer save, rebound, extra pass, score! Marchessault, power play goal, he ties it! Marchessault's fifth power play goal of the season, his 11th overall, and the Knights have even the score. Power play goal for Jonathan Marcia. So his 11th of the year from Chandler Stevenson and Shea Theodore at 13:38 of the second period tied the game at one. We would head to the third period tied. The Golden Knights would kill off a penalty to start the period, but found themselves killing off another Shea Theodore penalty. The Rangers got the shot they were looking for as Mika Zibanejad gave New York back the lead. Fox down the wall, up top to the left, a one-timer score. Mika Sabanajan puts New York on top with a power play goal. Six minutes into the third period. Zabanajad's 14th of the year, a power play goal from Artemi Panarin and Adam Fox. Five minutes, 59 seconds into the third period, it made it 2-1 to one Rangers. 24 seconds later, the Rangers would strike in transition as Philip Heedle deflected a puck past Logan Thompson to make it 3-1. to one. Rangers coming to hit. It's a two-on-two feet to the middle. Score! Hedo coming back. It's a 3-1 Rangers lead. Hedo's fifth goal of the year from Barclay Goodrow and Artemi Panarin. Six minutes, 23 seconds into the third period. Made it 3-1 Rangers. The Rangers weren't done there as they added another goal 90 seconds later as Alexi Lafreniere scored his fifth goal of the year. Play is back behind the Vegas goal. The outside right box. Cross to the left. Sabanajad back to the right. And a shot, score! Lafreniere had all day, had to dust it off. Thompson could not compensate, get back to his left in time. 
He went down, and the Rangers have exploded in the third. 4-1 New York. Lafreniere's fifth of the year from Mika Zibanejad and Adam Fox at 7.52. The third period made it 4-1 Rangers. Later in the period, the Golden Knights would lose their cool. A penalty to Mark Stone and Braden McNabb set up a 5-on-3 for the Rangers, and Mika Zibanejad ripped home his second power play goal of the period. From the faceoff, a goal for the Rangers. Zibanejad set up by Panarin. Three points today for Panarin. And Logan Thompson slashes his stick on the crossbar. It breaks clean in half. Power play goal for Mika Zibanejad, his 15th of the year from Artemi Panarin and Vincent Trocek. 11-34 of the third period made it 5-1 New York. And all that was left in this game was the final call. Miller behind his own net. Igor Shesterkin, first game against the Knights, gives up just one. And he earns the victory. New York Rangers 5, Vegas Golden Knights 1. 5-1, to one, the final score. The Rangers defeat the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas 19-8-139 points on the year. Fall to 7-6 and six on home ice. That's going to be a big talking point for the Golden Knights going into Friday night's game against the Philadelphia Flyers. We're back with more on the AAA Insurance Post Game Show presented by Dollar Loan Center. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. AAA Insurance postgame show. The Vegas Golden Knights fall to the New York Rangers 5-1, to the final score here at T-Mobile Arena. And for the Golden Knights, it's another one of those games where y- you have to dig deep in the second period to find your way back in. You've got to wrestle back momentum. And... and You know, Bruce Cassidy spoke after the game about uh, finding their their legs and their spirit in the second period. And you know, I've seen some some commentary on the the penalty that Keegan Colasar took that that took away essentially a power play for the Golden Knights. Uh, It was a situation where I don't know that I agree wholeheartedly with the the fact that you give Keegan Colasar a penalty there. It was it was actually the Rangers who were coming a bit unglued, who were losing their composure. Barkley Gaudreau hits Shea Theodore. It's an interference call. It winds up knocking the net into Logan Thompson. And I don't mind Keegan Colasar in that moment kind of sticking up for his goalie and going to Barkley Gaudreau. I didn't see anything that would result, in my opinion, uh, in a roughing penalty, but it is what it is. Then you've got the fight, Colasar, Barkley Gaudreau coming out of the penalty box, that was a moment where I really thought the Golden Knights were going to like galvanize. Like I thought they were going to be able to turn the corner and really find their game. Then you have the late penalty at the end of the second period, Shea Theodore. And for whatever reason, it lingered into the third period. For whatever reason, the Golden Knights fall behind in the third period. And for a team that we have seen come back time and time again for a team that even without Jack Eichel and Alex Petrangelo in the lineup still has enough offense at their disposal to be able to come da- come back from one goal down. You know, Bruce Cassidy's assessment, they tried to win everything back. They tried to score and, and, and get themselves back into the game on every single shift. They wanted it all back on the next shift, on the next shift, on the next shift. And for the Golden Knights to play to their strengths they've got to be more deliberate than that 
I thought there were large stretches in the game where the Golden Knights were not playing north-south enough. They were going east-west way too much. They were getting picked off just inside, just outside the offensive blue line, and it was going the other way before they really had a chance to understand and sort out what was happening. You've got to play behind the New York Rangers. You've got to play down low. You've got to be heavy on the forecheck, and there just wasn't enough of that shift-after-shift consistency for the Golden Knights from top to bottom. So, you know, you allow the shot that the Rangers are looking for on the power play, and you were able to go through two power play opportunities where you don't allow that shot. All of a sudden, the third one comes. You allow that shot, and all of a sudden, it's a different game. So for the Golden Knights, it's back to the drawing board, back to trying to figure out how to manage the game better on home ice. That's going to be the task on Friday against the Philadelphia Flyers. We're back to wrap it up next on the AAA Insurance Post Game Show, presented by Dollar Loan Center. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Post Game Show, presented by AAA Insurance. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Triple-A insurance post-game show. The Vegas Golden Knights fall to the New York Rangers 5-1. to one, The final score here from T-Mobile Arena. First win for Gerard Gallant in this building as a visiting head coach. You know that one felt good for him. Tonight's game recap is brought to you by Universal Windows and Solar. The Golden Knights chase the game. And, and for a team that has been so, so good at not putting themselves in that position... The start for the Vegas Golden Knights wasn't ideal. They were fine the first three, four-ish minutes, but then all of a sudden the Rangers get a goal on really their first uh, bit of sustained zone time in the first period, and from that point forward the Golden Knights were chasing the game. They were trying to get everything back on the next shift, and you have to be deliberate, you have to be patient. The Golden Knights found something, a spark, if you will, in the second period. You get a five-on-three. Your power play comes through for you. Special teams are moving in the right direction. You're killing off penalties. It's all good for the Golden Knights. And then in the third period, you give up the shot. You don't ever want to give up on the power play. You don't ever want to give Mika Zibanejad a one-timer from the circle. It happened. It went in. And from there, the Golden Knights just kind of lost their composure. They were not in the game from that point forward. It could have been 2-1. to one. It could have been 5-1. to one. It could have been 10-1. to one. The Golden Knights just were not able to get things back on track. They weren't able to deal with that momentum swing, and it cost them tonight two points. The Golden Knights are next in action on Friday at 7 o'clock against the Philadelphia Flyers. That's going to do it for us here on the AAA Insurance Postgame Show. Extended postgame show is next, presented by Dollar Loan Center. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. It's the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Let your voice be heard by calling in at 702-876-1340. Now here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, 5-1 to the final score. The Rangers defeat the Vegas Golden Knights. You know, the game was closer than it probably should have been going into the third period, but it was another situation where the Golden Knights worked themselves back into a position to get points out of a game where they didn't really play particularly well through 40 minutes. Maybe 10 out of the out of the first 40 minutes, the Golden Knights were, were good, and it goes away in the third period. It all kind of comes crumbling down for the Golden Knights. So uh, a disappointing game tonight from Vegas, especially when you have all the noise, all the talk surrounding this Golden Knights team and their home record this year. Vegas falls to 7-6 and six on home ice. 
seven and six on home ice, and it, it it's not. It hasn't been a, a, an all-season type of deal. It hasn't been an all-season situation for the Vegas Golden Knights. They started 5-1 and one through their first six home games. 2-5 and five since. If you have an idea, if you have a theory as to why the Golden Knights cannot find two points on home ice recently, I'd love to hear it tonight. 702-876-1340 is the number. 702-876-1340. Also because I've seen some differing opinions here. What was the turning point in the game to you? What was the turning point in the game tonight? Where did the Golden Knights lose their way? 702-876-1340. It's your post-game show. Dial up the phone number. I want to know those the answers to those two questions. Theories on why the Golden Knights are at where they're at with their record on home ice. And what was the turning point in tonight's game? 702-876-1340. Let's head out to the phone lines. Bring in Mike. Hey, Mike, how you doing? You know, I'd be Scotty Bowman if I could figure out why this is happening. But I can say happily that Calgary and Colorado and St. Louis and all the usual suspects, Edmonton, are not any better off. As a matter of fact, much worse off than the VGK at this point. Now, that doesn't mean that it couldn't go south on us real fast because the way the injuries could pile up. I mean, Mark Stone got battered tonight. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that was almost, you almost felt his pain. And Logan Thompson is a warrior. Good heavens. Uh, he just took so many shots to the head, and not just from the puck, but from the, from the net, for heaven's sake. Uh, it was a tough, tough, tough game. But, again, the good news is nobody else is any better off in the Western Conference. So it's not going to be a disaster, but to win, to get 16 out of 18 points on two road trips mm-hmm. and then come home and just lay an egg time after time is, is got to be addressed. And of course, Gary and, and Dan beat it as almost to death on the post game. And they had mm-hmm. to say that it was the circadian rhythm and the sleep and the travel. To me, uh, you don't take a day off of practice. I just, there was too many mistakes today for the guys not to show up tomorrow to practice, in my opinion. Yeah, okay. That that's that yeah, I, I'm not I don't disagree with you there. I, I thought you were looking at maybe yesterday, um, which, you know, it made a lot of sense to me to not have a practice yesterday for the Golden Knights. But yeah, it, it, it's tough because you're always trying to be on the cutting edge of of gaining some type of advantage. And sometimes rest is what you really need. Uh, if you view these as mistakes um, like mental mistakes, then maybe the rest is more important. Maybe the rest is, is really what's needed for the Golden Knights. Again, I, I caution you to to look at the schedule for Vegas over the last three weeks. I, I really do caution you to look at the schedule over the last three weeks because it has been very, very condensed for the Golden Knights. It opens up in January, but it's been a tough tough schedule that's not making an excuse i'm not saying that's the reason the golden knights allowed four third period goals tonight but i do think that there is a balance you need to strike between practice and rest and right now i think we're seeing a golden knights team that that is is wearing the effects of their very difficult schedule the last couple of weeks Okay, and one thing that people tend to forget is when you're located in southern Nevada, it's a a long road trip. No matter where you go, it's 300 miles at least, even to go to southern California. So you're always going to have that. 
but you had that every year, so you mm-hmm. can't use that as an excuse. The thing, too, that's coming up, in three weeks, the Knights will play eight out of nine games at home. Now, that'll be a real, uh, to me, a litmus test of whether we're going to win at home or not. Well, I, I don't think that, you know, again, Mike, like we're, we're talking about a team that went 5-1 and one through their first six home games. Like, it's not that the Golden Knights don't know how to win at home. It's not that they can't go on a stretch where they do win at home. It's just while the schedule's gotten condensed and you've added in two trips back east and on both of those occasions at the end of the trip, you come back home and have only a day off, which is not typical in the NHL, and then you go right back into your game. I I, I think that you know this is one of those anomalies where you look at it from a schedule perspective. Now, that's, that's to say this game has to be a one-off. The Golden Knights have to come back on Friday and, and play a, a solid 60-minute home game against the Philadelphia Flyers because that is a team you should beat. It is a team that you want to get your game right against, especially going into Sunday night's game against Boston. And, and what did uh, – this is the thing I, I looked at today and I've looked at for the last couple of three weeks. Uh, ben Hutton plays one game, mm-hmm. takes a month off because he's a healthy scratch, and then comes back into the lineup, and then we see a, a surge of people coming up from HSK. What did Ben Hutton do wrong? I don't think he did anything wrong specifically, Mike, and thank you for the call. I think that you're – with Ben Hutton and Daniil Miramanov and the the absence of Alex Petrangelo, I, I think that you're looking at it through a, a, through a different lens than I would look at it if I were trying to assess why – Bruce Cassidy's gone in this direction. When you lose Alex Petrangelo from your lineup, you're not just losing what he does on the defensive side of the puck. You're losing what he does on the offensive side of the puck. You have essentially, in the absence of Petrangelo without Daniil Miramanov in your lineup, you had one guy playing on your blue line on the power play, and that was Shea Theodore. I don't know about you. I don't know that I want Shea Theodore on the ice for six and a half minutes of power play time when you need him to also be a little bit more involved defensively and you need him to kind of pick up some of the slack at five on five that Alex Petrangelo usually would have in the lineup so to me it's it's a skill set for skill set situation I'm not saying that you know I'm not saying that Daniil Miramanov is Alex Petrangelo but the things Daniil does offensively give you a closer approximation to what you're losing out of the lineup that's why he's in the lineup. That's why the Golden Knights went that direction. And you're also talking about a right-handed shot. You're putting him on on his right side, Alec Martinez back on his right side. There's a lot of different factors beyond just looking at it and say Ben Hutton did something wrong, therefore he's not in the lineup. 702-876-1340 is the number. Let's head out to the phone lines, bring in Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie, how you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm good. Um, so, first off, um, I just want to send the best well wishes out to Petrangelo and his family. Yep. Um, uh, I hope that he doesn't feel rushed to come back. Um, family is always going to be more important than a hockey game. Um, it, it hurt not having him there tonight uh, mm-hmm. again, but it's not something that can't be overcome, as the night showed on the road trip. Um, man, I was having some... Bad flashbacks, though, when uh, poor Mark Stone got mm-hmm. just pummeled tonight, like so many times. 
Yeah, it was it was tough. It was certainly a, a difficult game, I think, for Mark Stone. Obviously, the bumps and bruises, but you know, beyond that, some some uncharacteristic plays that we saw tonight from the captain. So, I, I, the good news is he finished the game. I would expect Mark uh, will be in the lineup on Friday against Philly. Yeah, that's um, yeah, definitely uh, didn't not exiting the game was was a big deal to see him back out on the ice after mm-hmm. you know a cross-check to the kidney and getting his leg or just too much too much um it was really another thing was really felt uncharacteristic was how many um penalties Shane Theodore took today mm-hmm. um and obviously uh seems like he wasn't too happy about them either if uh what the ref said on a hot mic has uh any bearing yeah uh yeah you know what Stephanie thank you for the call I listen I don't think the second penalty that Shea Theodore had in the third period was a tripping penalty. I just don't. Shouldn't have been called. And that, you know, you got to play through that. you got to compartmentalize that if you're the Golden Knights, kill off that penalty and, and live to fight another day. But, you know, it is what it is, and unfortunately it, it goes against the Vegas Golden Knights. It hurts them in this game. 702-876-1340 is the number. Let's head back out to the phone lines. Bring in Rita. Hey, Rita, how you doing? Oh, well, I've had better nights, you know. Yeah. Um, but the one thing I can say, and I said it almost every year, is a pissed off VGK is a really good VGK. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking they, they're embarrassed by this game. They're mad about this game. I'm sure they're mad about the penalties. And I would give my IT to know what Stevenson said in that face-off circle. <laughs> but whatever it is, kudos, Stevie, you go. Um, but I'm just thinking we're going to come back Friday and at the end of it, it's going to be Tortorella telling the media, quit asking me stupid questions. So that's it. We got to move on. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Rita. Uh, thank you for the call. I, I think that, you know, the Golden Knights can certainly come out of this on the right side if they do the things they need to do between now and Friday. They've got to start on time. They've got to be better in the first period, and they've got to break the will early of the Philadelphia Flyers. Philly is going to be traveling. The Golden Knights are going to be here. You've got a little bit of extra rest, a little bit of time to practice. Uh, I think the Golden Knights have to make make the most of their opportunity on Friday night against the Philadelphia Flyers. 702-876-1340 is the number. Let's head back out to the phone lines, bring in Chris. Hey, Chris, how you doing? Hey, good evening. How's it going tonight? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. So I got the turning point for tonight's game. You're going to love this. You ready? Mm-hmm. Keegan Colasar, after the fight, you got the crowd all pumped up and everything. Mm-hmm. That was the crowd's chance to bust out a counterclockwise wave. That would have changed no. everything tonight, Ryan. Uh, not, not in a tie game. You, you don't you don't throw the wave out there in a tie game. You just don't do it. Counterclockwise wave. Counterclockwise. Come on. No, I'm not biting. I'm not, I'm not taking the bait here. That's okay. But I do have a point about Keegan Colasar, though. You mentioned the penalty that he took mm-hmm. uh, when Goudreau basically went at him. So Barclay Goudreau made, in my opinion, a very good veteran move. He knew he was going to the box at that point for pushing Theodore into the net. He was going to go for the first person that was within five feet of him mm-hmm. to take him with to the box. From my perspective, Colasar was – he was there, but he did not initiate. I think the officials might have missed an opportunity to give Goudreau an additional two minutes for a rough, and then you could have given Colstar two minutes 
or don't assess either one of them the extra rough. <laughs> I think that's where you got to give credit to Goudreau for basically nullifying the kill he was going to put the team on. Yeah, you know what, Chris? That's a really good point. Uh, and thank you for the call. Like Barclay Goudreau knew exactly what he was doing. He got everything he wanted and more in that situation. He got to lay a bump on Shea Theodore. By virtue of that bump, it ends up pushing Logan Thompson over, and then he's able to nullify that penalty uh, by by getting in the face of Keegan Colasar. I, I still like the idea of Colasar at least making Goodrow answer for that after the fact, but uh, you're right. I, I don't think that from an officiating standpoint, Keegan Colasar should have taken his team off the power play in that situation, but that's how it went. Unfortunately for the Golden Knights, they, they you know, they, they kind of lose the momentum in that moment, I think. And then, you know, my turning point is obviously the second penalty in the third period to Shea Theodore. Like, you, you, you cannot give a Rangers power play that struggled this year but is still very, very good and still has an opportunity to break a game wide open uh, as many chances as the Golden Knights had. Uh, they, they, they got into penalty trouble against Boston. They were able to kind of get through it. Uh, not tonight against the New York Rangers. 702-876-1340 is the number. What was the turning point for you in tonight's game? And do you have any theories as to why the Golden Knights are unable to find more results, more wins on home ice? That's what I want to know from you. 702-876-1340 is the number. We're back with more on the Extended Post Game Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Hey, extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. The Golden Knights fall to the New York Rangers, 5-1 to the final score here from T-Mobile Arena. It was a 1-1 game going into the third period. And then a couple of Shea Theodore penalties kind of turned everything in the game. That was my turning point. Not necessarily the first penalty on Shea Theodore at the end of the second period. Hot mic for the ref uh, going into the third period. But the, the second one, the phantom trip, as I will call it, it really wasn't a trip at all. But Shea Theodore gets the penalty. And the Golden Knights allow Mika Zibanejad from the circle to just unload an absolute rocket of a one-timer. Um, and then it just kind of snowballed from there. You, you allow a goal 24 seconds later, and then you allow essentially three goals in a minute and 54 seconds. That's that's not a recipe for success for any team in the NHL. Now, the Golden Knights' best stretch in this game happened in the second period, back half of the second period, where Bruce Cassidy kind of threw everything into a blender. The Lions were in a blender. Uh, it, it broke down like this. Paul Cotter stayed taking regular shifts with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone. But then you had a second line... and. and Take the numbers for what they are. But you had a line of Riley Smith, William Carlson, and Phil Kessel. And this is the second time we've seen that configuration of a line. And it's the second time Phil Kessel's been noticeable in those moments. There was a feed from Kessel. It was a a beautiful, beautiful feed for William Carlson slash skating through the slot. It was a redirection. Great save by Shesterkin, but it was something. It was a glimpse of an offensive chance that I really, really liked. Then you had a line more or less of Will Carrier, Nick Waugh, and Jonathan Marchessault, which would have given you a fourth line of Jonas Rombjerg, Jake LeCision, and Keegan Colasar. I do wonder, given that that was really where the Golden Knights found their legs. They found their spirit, as Bruce Cassidy said after the game. I do wonder if you use something similar to that on Friday if 
Jack Eichel is unable to go. If Jack Eichel is back in the fold and, and available for the Golden Knights, it kind of changes everything, and I think it makes you feel a little bit better of, about where this team is right now because you just you don't want a long-term injury of any kind. But I do wonder if Bruce Cassidy found something in the tweaking of the lineup tonight that he's going to run with on Friday against the Philadelphia Flyers. We're back to wrap it up next on the Extended Post Game Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the Extended Vegas Golden Knights Post Game Show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Hey, Extended Post Game Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. 5-1 to one, the final score. The Rangers defeat the Golden Knights. Vegas 19-8-1, 39 points on the year. Next in action on Friday at 7 o'clock against the Philadelphia Flyers. Vegas 12-2-1 on the road, 7-6 at home. And for a team that started 5-1 at home, the Golden Knights in their last seven home games, just 2-5. Searching for answers is really where the Golden Knights are at right now going into that game on Friday against the Philadelphia Flyers. Will Jack Eichel be available? Will he be able to suit up for the Golden Knights? That's a question that needs to be answered between now and then. But more than anything, the Golden Knights have to find their game on home ice. They've got to manage pucks better. They've got to manage the game better. And as Bruce Cassidy talked about, uh, it's it's about gr- gaining maturity in those moments to play the right way and not force the issue. And that was the biggest issue for the Golden Knights is once they fell behind 2-1 to one in the third period, they were forcing everything. And there was plenty of time to just settle in, play your game, and look for that next goal when the opportunity presented. So for the Golden Knights, it's back to the drawing board, back to figuring out how to find consistent results on home ice. It's going to do it for me here on the Extended Post Game Show. Thanks to Jed Donaldson down here, making sure everything sounds fantastic. Thanks to Byron Machado back in the studio for keeping us on the air, and thanks to you, our listeners and our callers. It's your post-game show. It's not as much fun without your calls and your thoughts, your opinions, your input. Until Friday night, have a great night, everybody. We'll talk to you then right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas.